entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. He's pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. What's going on, everybody? It is Monday night again. It is December 4th, 2023. It is 8 o'clock Central Standard Time, and we are live in the Drive-In Speaker Box studios. This is the Drive-In Speaker Box podcast. I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. I'm the Grip. And for the next hour, we are going to be talking to you about movies, movies, movies. We saw movies. We're thinking about movies. We're discussing movies. We're predicting movies. We're uh, critiquing movies. Mm -hmm. We're um, uh, What else are we doing with movies? Uh, that's a lot of stuff with movies. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. So uh, yeah, it's December. You know, it's 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 holiday season. It's it's when all the 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 big holiday movies are supposed to come out. Mm. What's wrong with this year? Why why strike? I know, but did you think they'd have a few in the in the chamber to give us for Christmas? Yeah. Like, dang, there's like no holiday movies this year. It's weird, man. Like, it's weird. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what's coming out this week. We're going to talk about last week. Mm -hmm. Jake, you saw a movie this weekend. What was it? I watched the uh, Gojira minus one. Minus one. Yeah. One plus one minus one. You guys remember it, that? It says something about it in the Japanese trailer. In in the Japanese, it says something about minus one. Uh, I'll have to go look and see. Does it what explain it says. the minus one? I don't think it's like two sentences. Okay, it's just like in the in the the the, the subtitles. It's like oh, DC's minus one. Yeah, I'm still convinced. Talk like that. I'm still convinced that uh, it's just because it sounds cool. I'm 100 percent uh, in agreement with that. So. Uh, but anyway, we're going to talk about that. We're going to be talking about what's coming out in theaters this weekend. But I told you in the so for those of you that 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 maybe just be listening to the online podcast via Spotify or wherever it is you get podcasts, or maybe you're watching on Facebook right now, or maybe you're watching on YouTube right now, what you can do. But on Twitch, we do the pre-show. So if you follow us on Twitch or even subscribe on Twitch, which is even better, um, we were talking. We were rapping, you know, talking about stuff, and I said that we had a surprise, and Jake was like, "What? A surprise?" And I said, "I'm gonna save <laughs> I don't it." Don't recall reacting like that. That's exactly how you. Oh, a surprise, um, Kenny, and uh, uh, the surprise is one of our viewers was in town the other day, uh, driving through town, and brought us. A gift box of wrapped gifts for us to open on the air. Are they like, VHS tapes? I probably I don't know, but there's a box of them under the table here, and I feel like we can advent calendar some of these, like we did last year with the um, oh, with, with the, the Gremlins yeah. advent calendar. Which I need to go find another advent calendar because isn't shouldn't we start that by now? Like I mean, we we did it like every week. We did like five or six. Yeah, it depends on um, how many days of Christmas there are, I suppose. Well, I mean, it was 
It was like the whole month, wasn't it? When, when uh, we did the Gremlins it, yeah, one? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And how many was it? Like the Christmas story one we did had, mm-hmm. a, had a bunch. Um, there's there's a, there's an advent calendar at Sam's Club that's all cocktails. We could do that one. We could open that one up and drink them. Um, but I thought we we could we could just start. You want to just start the show with that or we want to end the show with that? Let's open it up like that. Open it up with some gifts. Yeah. Opening that's like an open. That way, open. that way, if it's it's something rad, yeah, a cool okay. talking Ugh. point. Okay, this one, this one says says Jake. Oh dang! On it, and this one's a wrapped one that says Bo on it. I'm gonna put the I'm gonna put the box down. Look at this. Okay, we got. Do we want to we want to take turns? We want to open together and then share and like three, two, one, or what do you? You, you I, go first. You go first. All right. Sure. Yeah. And I like my mine was wrapped with electrical tape. Like, is there anthrax in this? Like, generally when you open the, like Dude, gifts from fans, that would be so cool. I don't know. That's that could be dangerous. <laughs> What'd you get? Oh, Hell yeah! Your you did. favorite Schwarzenegger. We were movie. just talking about this a couple episodes ago. We were. And I a, think that's why it ended up in my hand right a now. VHS cassette copy of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Last Action Hero. Wow. Um, like how? What's the quality here? Like, what are we looking at here? This doesn't look like it's been. I mean, this is pretty crispy. Uh, it doesn't look like it has a whole lot of like VHS wear in it. That's that's yeah, a good. Yeah, it was a rental copy. Even that's good. That's okay. Because it has the tape on the box, and you got the barcode on here. I'm gonna have to get my uh, my VCR out. I was just talking about getting my VCR out. You're gonna watch it on the other day. VHS. That would actually be wow. a pretty rad way to watch it. Okay, what do I have? I oh God. <laughs> a VHS cassette copy of the Buttercream Gang. What the? How like, did you f- even? The two most perfect things to open up with the. Uh, the buttercream with gang. how much each of us likes the two of these oh geez the buttercream gang are you gonna watch it now that you have a copy my be oops i think it broke um yeah i'm telling but, you buttercream gang is good if this video cassette fails to work properly upon first viewing please call the toll-free number above well, jane has a good point we, uh, we didn't mind the microphones while like slashing the paper open. Well, no, that was intentional. It's called ASMR. Um, check it out. ASMR is supposed to be pleasurable. I'm sure it was. To someone, it probably is. Um, I'm going to call this Buttercream Gang hotline, actually. So 1-800-347-2833. I'm going to call it. And uh, let's see. There's no call. way that's still a functioning number. We're going to find out. Let's check it out. All right, here we go. This call may be recorded for quality assurance. Oh, shit. We have a special promotion today for select callers. Okay. Are you or someone in your household 50 years of age or older? Oh, bummer. Press 1 for yes if you or someone in your household is 50 That's years That's one of those scam things, man. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, press pound. Pressing Again. pound. Don't do that. Hang on. I'm going to find out. calling the Medical Alert Center. This is Jessica on a recorded line. Can you hear me okay? Uh, hi, Jessica. Uh, I can hear you okay, um, but I think I called the wrong number. I was calling a phone number that I got off of a VHS cassette copy of the Buttercream Gang, and it, it <laughs> 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 and she hung up on me. Yeah, there's no way that was a real person. Well, okay. Um, unfortunately, the helpline... Um, I mean, I still feel like it's accurately targeted, though, because, you know, I don't think anybody 
that would have a VHS cassette copy of the Buttercream Gang would probably be under the age of 50. So, um, I don't know. There you have it. So um, I'll let you use my VCR so you can watch it. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for those gifts. We will, we will continue to explore those um, uh, as the month progresses. Good so. kids, small town fun, and unconditional love for a struggling friend. Well, and scam lines on the front sticker of the VHS. So, uh. mm-hmm. all right. So let's talk about <laughs> Mark Lander on YouTube says speaker box slash cranky anchors crossover episode. Heck yeah. I could do that all day. Probably get more viewers that way. Um, all right. So uh, let's talk about the news. Let's, let's get caught up on what happened in the past week. Did you see the Jake put the buttercream gang down? <laughs> Pay attention. But it has like a parent's guide for quizzing your kids on the back of it. On how to not touch themselves and worship Jesus or something. Is that that's, that's important. the quiz? That's important. Um, did you see? There was a lot of trailers that dropped this week. Uh, there was the the Furiosa trailer that that happened. Yeah, you, I in, I intentionally avoided some of them because I just don't care. Uh, and then I watched one or two of the others. So I, I did not see the Furiosa trailer, but I saw many things about. I watched the Furiosa trailer. Um, I I do every time I see a George Miller uh, trailer, I get I get kind of turned off by his hubris that like every, he's only made like a handful of movies. It's and not him doing this one though, is it? He's he's like an executive producer. Yeah, but or, he's, yeah, he's not the director. Um, let me see. Uh, I I've got it pulled up. Um, yeah, he's not the, the he's just a producer, you know, uh, on this one. But it, but it always is like. From the creative, insane, and genius mind of George Miller. And it's like, dude, you know, you were also the insane and genius mind between ha- of Happy Feet. So, like, you know, dude, like, you're not that edgy. Babe Pig in the City, not not that edgy, my guy. Um, just, we get it, right? Um, you, you, you got lucky on Mad Max, and you've been coasting that train for a long time. Anyway, the trailer looks exactly like Fury Road. Mm. See, um, I do not like Fury Road. Hot take. But that's because I like Mad Max. Right. Well, and this and is this is Furiosa colon a Mad Max adventure, and there's no Mad Max. Yeah. Why do we, why do we even call it that now? Like, See, uh, the the majority of all people I know that like uh, Fury Road have never watched any of the Mad Max. This movies. is uh, this is something I've also experienced. Um, yeah, like that's their first brush with Mad Max. And you know, I I will I'm not going to say I did not like Fury Road. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was a return to a genre we haven't seen. It's you know a feature length chase scene, and that was kind of neat. But um, I the, the the amount of like oh it got I thought was a little unwarranted. Yeah, um, Max sucked in that movie too. Mad Max was super lame, uh, which was a bummer. And then uh, the coolest people in the entire movie were the old biker ladies out in the desert. Oh yeah, they were. Cool. And they showed up for like three minutes and just all got murked out so hard. They're like, oh, legendary desert warrior biker ladies, and they're all like chicks in their fifties that just like shoot people. And you're like, yeah, these ladies kick. Where's ass. more of this? And, and then they just kill them all on the on the truck. They're like, ah, uh, yeah, they're dead or whatever. So I hope you like the little taste of uh, awesome you could have had. Well, I think one of the things that that 
<clears throat> always impressed me about the 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 original Mad Max films is you know there wasn't any CGI. You know, you're watching a lot of these crazy stunts. And granted, Fury Road did have its fair share of, like, very practical effects and stunts. But then this one, the the, the trailer for the new one looks like it's even more CGI and even more CGI. And to a point where it's like, okay, well, now the fun of watching these is kind of lost. You know, there there is something to be said about practical stunts and practical effects. And some of these movies were vehicles for those. And, um, you know, no pun intended on the vehicle side. But, um Sometimes you want to see that, but I don't know. It it looks like the last one doesn't look like anything new. It's guys with guitars and flames, and you know people are gonna go, "That's fucking rad, dude!" And it, I'm sure it will look pretty freaking rad. Well, and that was the thing is like the uh, story is supposed to be like Furiosa's original brush with Immortant Joe, and it's yes. like, so is he gonna be the same that he was in Mad Max, or is he the same that he was in Fury Road? Because the uh, the de-aging of Max or how this works in Max's timeline is uh, probably going to get more well, confusing. George Miller said he didn't want to do any de-aging because he feels like the technology is not quite there Well, yet. but I'm saying from uh, from uh, Thunderdome yes. to Fury Road because mm-hmm. Mad Max had, he had the gray in his hair. That's why all the kids were like, oh, the pilot, the pilot, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but then you get Fury Road and it's like, well, where does it take place? I don't uh, think anybody's know. giving a shit about Me? that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no one that's making these things. You're like, yeah, no one's gonna care. It's got a monster truck with a spike on it and a dude in a in a in a cod piece playing a guitar. They're gonna love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they're right, unfortunately. So um, you know, it's just like a badass lady with a robot arm kicking ass. Gonna make a million dollars mm. or billions of dollars, I guess, at this point. Million dollars. The, the one thing I liked about Fury Road <clears throat> is that it spawned the Mad Max video game, which is very good. I like that game a lot. I have not played that game, but I have heard that it's pretty fun as well. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So there's that trailer. Also, speaking of post-apocalyptic uh, dystopian futures, uh, did you see the trailer for uh, the Fallout TV show? Uh, just a little bit here and there. I, I don't care for the Fallout games, so that was another one that I I saw a, a little bit of, but I'm, I'm not invested in Fallout at all, so it didn't really matter to me. So, you know, I've not also, I've also not really played the Fallout games. I played one of the Fallout, like the shelter games. It was like the sim building game. Yeah, the game. old... Um, that one's kind of fun. I played that for a little while. Oh, the new one, the the two D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I get lost in three D environments too much, so I prefer a two D environment. Yeah, I thought you were talking old original file pre Fallout Three, oh, where I, it was the, the isometric. The down. Yeah, yeah. I, I played some of that once upon a time, <laughs> but I'm not like super in on the lore. I know it's like bombs go off and everything sucks, so you're surviving. Right? Yeah, it changes with like every game. I mm. think basically. But uh, the trailer looked pretty cool, and it's got Walter Goggins in it, who I always love to see. Um, and, you know, it looks like it could be kind of interesting. It's got the uh, from the producers, I want to say, of The Boys, and it's Amazon Studios, and they're not afraid to throw all the money in the world at things because they have it, uh, especially after this Black Friday season. So, you know, they, they've got money. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. And then there was a Sonic 3 teaser uh, that came oh. out that, that, that showed um, Shadow. Yeah, I saw an image from it, but I didn't see that there was an actual teaser that came out. And they are confirming a release date towards the end of 2024. So it will be out in 2024. Faux show. Hmm. Um, Also, did you hear this? This makes no sense to me, but the Black Phone is getting a sequel. 
Well, I didn't watch that movie, but so I don't know how a sequel for it works or doesn't work. Uh, well, the bad guy doesn't make it out so well, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some serious closure to that movie, uh, sort of. And uh, But I guess Ethan Hawke is going to r- reprise his role. Uh, maybe it's going to be a prequel. I don't know. I don't think that's necessary. I think the Black Phone existed as a very great piece of, like, par caps what's the word I'm looking for contextualized horror that doesn't need to have an expanded universe um it was it was it was just fine mm. it, it, it wasn't amazing it wasn't like uh, terrible it was just this is a competent horror movie thank you mm. and uh yeah I guess because it made money we got to get another one uh you know what too Eli Roth announced on his uh Instagram or something like that that Thanksgiving is already greenlit for a sequel. Yep. So there's going to be a sequel to Thanksgiving in 2025. Thanksgiving. Yeah, but uh, he, I did listen to a little interview with him, and he said that they're going to take a year off to really focus on the script because he does not want to just, quote, churn out something that they don't believe in, even though, uh, you know, whatever. I don't believe that for a second. But they want to take some time and make it a competent sequel. So um, we'll see. Well, I got more on that in a second. But before we get too far away from the trailers and stuff, the uh, the Godzilla X Kong New Empire or whatever trailer came out. Did with you see that one? Godzilla. With, yeah, with the pink. Did anybody explain, like, why is it pink? Is it just new electricity or is it just because Barbie's cool right now? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the Barbenheimer crossover. Yeah. It's pink nuke energy. Barbenzilla. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Yeah, we figured it out. Uh, it's probably because of the whooping he took in the last movie and Godzilla always like heals and, and becomes something more, you know, Shin Godzilla more than the others. Cause he would take damage and be like, okay, instant heal and evolve and fix it. But regular Godzilla, uh, changes uh, along with it, I guess. Uh, cause the Godzilla and the legendary films, uh, grew bigger and mm-hmm. was resting in that cave after the, uh, the bug fight. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'm I'm assuming after the Kong fight because it shows Zilla in the uh, uh, in like the ice or or whatever because it was uh, the bugs and then Ghidorah mm-hmm. and then going in fighting Kong uh, and now fighting uh, orangutan Kong like is is the center of the earth thing they found in the last movie is it just primal rage I you know. Probably, yeah. yeah. It, it Atari's uh, arcade smash hit, Primal Rage, and it's just going to be Kong. Just there's going to be the one that farts and the one that hypnotizes you. Yeah, as long and as they bring in Armadon. Armadon was that's my character. Vertigo was. Oh, Vertigo is a good one. Yeah, because you got the snake neck. Because yeah, so basically, I played Primal Rage when I was like a child, and mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, yeah, Vertigo's my dude. And then Soul Calibur came out, and I go, ah, well, you know, uh, Voldo's basically like human Vertigo. Like I always play those characters. That's that's the 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 weirdo ones. The weird snaky reach ones. Yeah, and yeah. then Dosleem was my dude in Street Fighter. Uh, even though I, and I always got my ass beat, but, um, I, cause I'm not very good at video games, but I, I, I always like wanted to play the weird characters. So. Oh dude, I'm, I can mess people up in primal rage for sure. I had the toys too. Oh no shit. Yeah. Yeah. The Armadon toy was cool cause he flicked his tail and like launched spikes. So, so we're going to have to have a, uh, uh, 
take take Jake to Arcadia Retrocade here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and have people come up and try and uh, beat your ass at, uh, at Primal Rage. So used to when Primal Rage sat at the uh, Barcade that was uh, downtown here. Oh yeah, that was. I think it, what was it called? Oh, Dixon Street Social Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to sit there and, and rule uh, at, at Primal Rage. That's there. probably because Player Two's buttons didn't all work. Oh, the buttons like, never worked on either side. And you're just like, yeah, I'm so good at Primal Rage. No, I would flip the side when people complain and still whoop them. Okay. Yeah, I could beat the words. I could beat the game solo. I'll beat you one hand, dude. I don't <laughs> even have to use block. Yeah. Yeah. Who uses block in 2D fighters? Lame. Uh, but you know what? Uh, talking things like that, unnecessary movies being made. Did you see this thing with Bob Iger where he talked to, uh, with the New York Times uh, about oh, what do you do this time? Disney and their and their sequels and reboot quills and their live action live action CGI remake things. He said, uh, "I think <laughs> I don't want to apologize for sequels. Some have done ex- exceptionally well." And, and they're good films. Uh, he said, but there has to be a reason to make it beyond commerce. You're full of shit, Bullshit, Bob Iger. Bob That's the Iger. only reason you're doing it, you That's butthole. all you guys do. And then immediately he goes, you have to have a good story. Uh, and we have made too many. We've made too many good stories? Is that what he just tried to admit? Yeah, yeah. something like uh-huh. that. But he's like, yeah, I'm not going to apologize for sequels, but we have made too many. But it's not for the money. Like, we got to have good stories. It's like, you're full of it. You're so full of it. Uh, and then he said, what a butthole. at the end of his quote, he said, that doesn't mean we're not going to continue to make them. That's, yeah. So doesn't mean we're not going to continue to try and just make this money machine go. Brrr, yeah. He goes, sorry, not sorry. Not sorry about being sorry. Uh, screw you. Uh, so he basically it's not for the money it's for the story but it's for the money we're gonna keep doing so he's blaming everyone else on the financial failure Uh, he's like we're making these good movies and if they don't make money it's because it's your fault but they should all make money because we're only making good movies here his entire quote there it just reminded me of Rick James in the uh, Chappelle show where he's like you think you think I'm just some kind of person that walk in someone's house and just start rubbing muddy shoes all over their couch what, what do you think I am I think I got more sense than that yeah I remember going to Eddie's house and <laughs> rubbing my feet on his couch. couch yeah <laughs> like that's exactly what that sounded like to me he's like what too many sequels I mean I'm not sorry about it some of them are pretty good I've made money but it's not about the money it's about the stories but we're gonna keep making we're gonna them keep making that we're money. gonna keep making them yeah oh, man. so uh and then and then things like that uh something that was kind of insane uh is that uh sequels unnecessary sequels uh Zack snyder's rebel moon is already working on the third movie in that series oh my god so two or, or ago we're what a week or two out from the first rebel moon it's not. It's not even out. It's, it's due anytime. It's not even out, and they're already working on the third one. So there's two movies and a series that are already but, but a go. I don't understand. And they're working on a third movie because there have been things that are way better that have gone into theaters and have been way better that didn't get greenlit sequels. Yeah. After we already were like, <laughs> "Hey, that was cool. Can we get some more of that?" And they go, "Ah." Yeah. Think about that. Like, uh, they had to. Fight 
to get uh, Lord of the Rings where they would film the three of them at once. Like, dude, this is the only way to do it. Uh, we got to do all three at once. Everybody's it's like, going to work that, that way. Better. And the, yeah. And the studio was like, uh, and like they finally found a studio that was like, yeah, okay, we can see you got a good point. Okay. We'll, we'll give it a shot and see how it works. And they had no faith in it. Right. Uh, and it turned out it worked because it was amazing. And now Netflix is just like, oh, you want to make another movie? Even though the first two movies in the series that we've already made haven't even been released yet? Go Screw for it. it. Yeah, go for it. Which is the most ridiculous thing. They have four projects on the same IP. You can only without... give blank checks like that to Adam Sandler, Netflix. Yeah. Or, but without or... a single one being released, they're like, well, that one zombie movie did pretty good. And then the follow-up zombie movie, like people talked about it for like two days before it came out. Um, so, you know, Zack Snyder can have all the money. So that's stupid. And then uh, talking Disney stuff too there with their, with their uh, ridiculous series and they're continuing to make dumb nonsense. Uh, Marvels, man. Oh well, you know they they have announced it this week that, that, that they're not going to report that money anymore. <laughs> no, it, after four weeks in the box office, which is crazy because a lot of these Marvel movies they start they keep reporting them for like eight weeks, mm-hmm. you know. But that's only if they're doing well because they want to be able to go. But still, the number five movie in America after nineteen weeks. But the Marvels, and they're like, yeah, we're going to just stop reporting this. <laughs> I do uh, like how Disney don't... was like. Uh, we're done. Uh, we're not even going to tell you. It's embarrassing for us to let you know how much money this thing is not making. Because not only has it had the lowest MCU opening. Number. It's not even in the top ten. And it's, it, it was its fourth week. Yeah, it had the lowest opening. It had the highest second week drop off of all of them. And it's the lowest grossing of all of them. It's made less money than any other Marvel movie, period. Uh, and the lowest one to this point was The Incredible Hulk in 08, oh. which had actually made $264 million with Dang. with not accounting for inflation. That was $264,208. Like, uh, so it made $260 million in 08. That's not bad. The, like, that movie did pretty good uh, from the sounds of it. I don't know how much it cost, but it probably wasn't that much at that time. And uh, th- this movie hasn't even touched it. And they got like 150 50 some odd million to go before they even begin to think about turning a profit. Wow. Yeah. So Disney was like, uh, nope, nope, we're not, we're not gonna, we're just not even gonna talk about it anymore. Mm-mm-mm. Disney, embarrassed, so embarrassed, as they should be. What, what blows my mind is like, you know, they're always talking about like, well, it just didn't have enough, uh, you know, executive oversight. And uh, it's like, guys, you guys aren't paying attention to anything. Like, we're not the biggest geniuses in the world, but we saw that coming from a miles away, miles away, yeah. that that movie wasn't going to make money. Here's a character from a TV show that not a lot of people know or care about. Uh, here's a character that everyone let you know that they don't care about. And here's another character that no one watched, so no one cares. Let's put the three of them together with an untested director and a story that's just going to be hot horseshit. So, yep. Yeah. And, uh, and it didn't make money. What the heck? Yeah. An actress no one likes playing a character no one cares about. Two unknown characters and a director that's never directed. <laughs> you did it. $300 million. <laughs> $350 million. You did it, Disney. You you successfully threw away money. Good job. Good jobbies. Um, well, yeah. Do you have any other news bits there? Uh, yeah. Just a couple of things. 
Uh, it was the first ever, which was hard to believe, first ever Rocky Day in uh, Philadelphia. Was that where that clip on like TikTok or Instagram where the kid was like reciting the Rocky thing to Sylvester Stallone? Maybe. Was, I hope yeah. he was Clubber Lang. Hey, Balboa. Hey, I'm talking to you. <laughs> where he's like, hey, woman. Hey, woman, how would you like to know what it's like to be with a real man? I don't know if that's uh, as, as, as appropriately uh, aged as... Yeah. Well, that was the whole thing is that Clubber was being uh, abrasive and trying to get Rocky to get back into boxing because Rocky was retired. He was done. He was over it. He'd made his millions and him and Adrian were happy. But then Clubber Lang drags him back in because he goes, hey, woman, hey, woman, what you want to know what it's like to be with a get real away. man? Uh, you uh, so I hope that's what that kid yelled at him. I, vi- I, I visited the I did the, the Rocky Steps in oh, really? Philly. Yeah, I went if up I was and there, that's, did the statue. That'd and, be the one thing I had you know, to do. I'd be I, that person. Sure. I was that person. You know, there was a whole bunch of other people being that person, too. Yeah, you, know, you have like, to. I think there's a lot of people that have never heard of or seen Rocky that they know. They're like, I've, I've got to go up these steps and go. And Dude, I'd get the whole town of Philly behind me, just like Rocky, running to the top of the steps. Yeah. Uh, and then the only other thing is that not exactly movie related, but I will make it that way. Kiss had their final concert ever in New York this this weekend at Madison Square Garden, closing it out at home. And then during that concert, and released on their YouTube after, is that they're done touring, but Kiss isn't. Well, and, and so I was really confused. You sent me this video, and I watched this video, and um. So Velvet Santa says, I call BS on KISS. I call BS on your BS on KISS because they're too old and they know it. But they are they still want money. That I mean KISS the band and then so in, in this video, like Paul and Gene, like or I think it was Paul, he says, The the band's not ours anymore. It's y'all's. And it has been for a long time. And we they they they, they got uh I was it ILM, Industrial Light and Magic. Oh, I, don't, I don't know, somebody. It was I think it was Industrial Light and Magic, um, to come in and they did pulled out all the stops and did you know the the, the scans and mocap and all the mocap of a of a concert um and did did they're going to have like these three D Kiss is now Hatsune Miku. There you go. Yeah. So uh Kitsune Miku. Um so yeah, Kiss uh, had themselves scanned, turned into holographic avatars. But the thing is about movies is that in that video on their YouTube and stuff that you can go and watch, their avatars for the concert are the exact uh, character models with the same powers and, and uh, like instruments and, and stuff floating around that they have in the Kiss Meets Scooby Doo movie. Yeah, because when they're like, "Yeah, play your music and open a portal," and like they're like superheroes with their music in Scooby Doo. Yeah. Yep. Right, right there. Got it on an old TV. So they even have it where you know the Catman uh, is is playing his stuff and everything like that and and. Uh, the space ace can float through space and the demon has his wings and fire yeah and the star child probably shoots like sex glares out of his <laughs> eyeball <laughs> yeah but yeah. uh it's it's the exact same animations and avatars from, from the Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo meets Kiss movie uh so if you ever have a chance to watch that one uh com- I mean that kind of all goes back to Psycho Circus you know yeah dude i played psych i played the shit out of the Psycho Circus video game 
because uh, you could have all the kiss weapons and go through and just like kill all those dudes. Uh, Psycho Circus rules. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was uh, I never got to see the Psycho Circus tour because I never came close enough here. Mm. But that was one of the only tours that they had in a long time that they didn't do all the same old gags. You know, it was all new stuff. But uh, but so I'm really confused about this because is this going to be like a movie that you go watch or is this going to be like a concert that you go watch a movie at that like has pyrotechnics and other stuff like I'm Uh, I'm very confused I feel like it's going to be Hatsune Miku it's going to be the hologram explain for the people that don't know who Hatsune Miku is Uh, you know that thing in the news a couple years ago with the Tupac hologram Mm -hmm. Uh, Hatsune Miku is a uh, anime girl brought to life on stage moving around in the in the three-dimensional space with that lighting technology yeah that people go to concerts to see uh apparently it's like a really big thing in japan and korea to have these like um um uh, holographic character concerts and they'll have real dancers come out and and join them and stuff like that and everyone's choreographed to the point where they don't walk through the holograms and things like that but uh yeah so uh kiss will still be there i just thought it was super interesting that they saw themselves in that like scooby-doo movie and they're like like, that's it there it is (laughs) right there that's our forever us's i do hate that it's not peter chris and ace freely that is a bummer I don't have anything against Tommy Thayer, but, but he's not. But he's not Ace. Yeah, and I guess the likenesses of their face is what's in these characters for, but immortalized, immortalized forever. forever. Even though it's, it's, it's not supposed real to be kiss. more about the characters and less about the individuals, I would assume. But it's you've motion captured their faces, so yeah, um, yeah whatever. But yeah, took, I mean, you're already, you're wearing all your kiss garb. Yeah, here. man. Well, that's because. You know, I, I knew that that was like a, a, a thing. That was like the coolest part because I've seen all those clips from that Scooby-Doo movie. I'm like, man, that's sick. But then thinking of the idea of paying $200 to go watch a Kiss hologram at concert is not cool. Unless it's like in the Vegas dome bubble thing or whatever. Oh, I feel yeah. like that would be sick. Like, you know, and you're just surrounded by Kiss lasers and fireballs and... Yeah, I mean, would you go see a Kiss hologram concert? Is like I said, at like the Las Vegas yeah. Bubble Gob Dome or whatever that what is that place called? Is it the Dome? The Dome. Okay. Yeah. The Dome. I mean, that sounds cool. Yeah. A- anyhow, I thought that Although was I hate that Vegas. was interesting. So. So all right. Um. Well, now that we got all the news out of the way, oh, the, sphere. the sphere. Okay. Uh, out of the other news, let's talk about what's coming out in theaters this weekend because we do have <laughs> new releases this weekend. Nothing super, super. See what Velvet Santa said. Station style robots of Kiss. Oh, dude, yeah. Station. E- evil, evil uh, hologram uses. Um, there are movies that are coming out this weekend. Uh, December 8th, 2023. Not a whole lot of exciting stuff coming out. Um, the one that we're probably the most interested in that's coming out is The Boy and the Heron, mm-hmm. uh, the new uh, Hayao Miyazaki film. You know, uh, didn't get a lot of trailers. Of course, now that it's been out, there are trailers that have been popping up. But leading up to the film's release, they didn't they didn't have any trailers. But it has been out in other countries, not mm-hmm. here. 
but that is coming out this weekend. I'm not sh- I, I I would assume it's going to be nationwide because there's not a whole lot of other stuff coming out. And I mean, it's freaking Miyazaki, and I think America knows now to mm-hmm. like don't sleep on Miyazaki. Yeah, um, I just I I hope that we get it in uh, original audio and not. Dubbed. Uh, dubbed only because when Howl's Moving Castle was released in the U.S., it was dubbed, dubbed only. only. Yeah. yeah, it was not fun. Which um, it doesn't have the worst dub. The Ghibli movies don't generally have the worst dubbings, but it's a whole different movie. It and, is. Yeah, it is. Uh, anime is the same way. Like if you're watching an anime show, sometimes give it a try in the uh, original language if you're used to doing the dub because it's the it, it show's different. It's just a, a different different energy. Uh, but that's coming out in theaters this weekend. Also um, coming out in uh, theaters. I don't know if you've seen the trailer to this one. Um, yeah, it's called Poor Things. It's uh, it's about the story about this fantastic evolution of Bella Baxter, a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and orthodox scientist Dr. Godwin Baxter. And it is starring Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo, uh, Willem Dafoe. You've got uh, you've got like these the the some supporting cast that maybe you've seen, but that's like the big three here. Um, it looks very quirky, very interesting. You've probably seen all the trailers. Um, I, I think it's sci-fi, like it, it's kind of a weird alternate future or alternate timeline, not future, but past. Um, looks looks pretty interesting, but it's going to be, I think, a limited release as well. As Dina just said in Twitch, uh, she said in the comments that both um, Boy in the Heron and Poor Things are probably going to be limited release to less than 3,000 theaters nationwide, which means we'll probably get it here. Yeah. You know, we, we get those um, limited and expanded releases a little before. We, we're actually kind of spoiled in this market to, to what we get. Yeah, so. and anymore. It didn't used to be like that at all. Yeah. It used to be hard to find a theater that would show a Fathom event or something special. There was like a tiny theater in Bella Vista I'd drive to or like, uh, you know, the theater in Siloam or something. Like there's, there's like little out of the way tiny theaters that would get something. You'd have to drive an hour. They had two screens and one of them was showing like the the special release movie. Um, but anymore, yeah, all you got to do is search the metropolitan area and someone's going to have something. Like I said, I almost double featured a Hindi movie and a Japanese movie this weekend because I had access to them. Mm. They were, they were there, you know? Um, but also there's an, uh, another couple of indie movies that are coming out. There's one from, from neon pictures, which again, you're probably not going to get it in your theater if you're not in a, in a larger market, but it's called Eileen. It's from William old, uh, Oldroyd. It's got, um, Anne Hathaway, uh, and, um, oh, what's, what's her name? The, um, Thomason, Thomason Kinsey. Like I'm, I'm not really a big fan of, uh, Thomas and Kinsey, she just has that, She she's that actress, oh, what was that movie that she was in, she, she has that weird kind of baby voice, uh, I mean, she was good in Jojo Rabbit, but she was also in that, oh, Old was the movie that, um, the M. Night Shyamalan, where it was like, oh, spoiler, the, uh, they're growing old, that the secret was it was radiation or some was she crap. she the, the girl they kept hidden in Jojo Rabbit? Yes, uh, and in, she was also the main character in Last Night in Soho, which I also enjoyed that movie as well. Last, Last Night in Soho was that Edgar Wright movie that came out about the murder mystery that also had um, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, which is, seems to be in everything right now, which I'm okay with because she's pretty cool. But I just don't really like... 
Thomas and McKenzie's like there's something about her voice that just is like irritating to me. Um, but she's got an interesting look, and I th- I thought last night in Soho was 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 a pretty great movie uh, in terms of like a murder mystery sort of sort of deal. Um, but anyway, it's called Eileen. It's coming out this uh, weekend. It is about a, uh, a woman's friendship with a coworker at a prison facility. It takes a sinister and psychological thriller turn. Hmm. So there you go. Um, also coming out this weekend that again uh, another indie film Fast Charlie it's uh it's got old Pierce Brosnan in it it's uh and James Caan like he still acts yeah that caught me off guard but uh it's based off of an, an old novel with um Charlie Swift he's a he's a fixer with a problem and uh, the thug he's whacked is missing his head and Charlie will only be paid if the body can be identified inner Marcy Kramer the victim's ex-wife and a woman with all the skills Charlie needs and it just kind of like one of those you know hard-boiled uh, I thought James Con had died James Con died last year so That's how- right he did Yeah because I, I thought that was weird, too. Yeah, I was like, this isn't making a lot of sense. Yeah, James Conn died last year. I thought... Yeah, I was like, well, certainly, I guess he didn't, but I thought it, he, I thought he was dead. Yeah. Um, How long has this one been? I think it was filmed, like, last year or um, a year or two before. But, yeah, it's coming out this weekend. From It's from the director of Clear and Present Danger and Salt, you know, so uh, it's Philip Noyce. Noyce. Uh, but... I don't know if, if you like Pierce Brosnan, he's kind of got like an, a, a weird American accent in this that is kind of off-putting because just Pierce Brosnan, just be Pierce Brosnan, but he's playing like a kind of a Southern fixer. You know, if you guys don't know what a fixer is, it's kind of like um, in in the mob world or whatever when you got a problem or there's a body that needs to be disposed of or you got to, you know, you call a fixer and they take care of it. Anyway, it's called Swift Charlie or Fast Charlie. It's uh, Charlie Swift is the character name so uh that's coming out and that is pretty much the movie list there's another movie called the oath probably not going to get anywhere and um the uh, the end we start from um probably i mean you're not going to get that anywhere so um yeah there's your movie report you want to talk about some godzilla forum you want to talk tell them tell them about go go godzilla (laughs) dude they should have had yeah kansas open it up that'd be sick Wow, um, no. Yeah, man. I, I, I went and caught Godzilla minus one, uh, which I did look it up here a, a moment ago at the at the top of the show there. Uh, the reason it's called minus one is because it takes place in post-war Japan and everyone has nothing. And the minus one is to indicate that people have less than nothing in their lives and they're trying to scrape it all together. Okay. Um, which is a fantastic setting for Godzilla, the way it's supposed to be post-war Japan rebuilding. Um, and then he just comes in and stomps on everything. It's like, God, yeah. get a, give so, us a break. Uh, the, the movie opens up introducing the human character that it's going to follow throughout um, Shikishima. Um, he is a kamikaze pilot that doesn't have it in him to be a kamikaze because he knows... Japan's lost. Uh, there, there's no reason so for why, him. Yeah, why him kill to yourself die. in a plane? So uh, you know, seeing the horrors of war and realizing that he's setting off to his imminent death, he turns around, reports that his plane's damaged, um, and and so it can't be flown um, to this island that you know is basically just a tiny airstrip for these um, plane repairs uh, and. 
while on that island uh, at, at nighttime, it's attacked and uh, just everyone is, is taken out by Godzilla, who at this time is like T-Rex size, like you oh, know, so he's just a Jurassic just a Park T-Rex. Yeah, uh, and then just it, a little scamp. Yeah, and so you know it, him and one other guy are, are the only survivors uh, of this, uh, and and they're like, what did we see? What is it that we witnessed? You know, the locals called it. Um, Gojira, like this, the most insane stuff. It kills everyone. Um, it's pretty brutal. It's it's kind of sick. Yeah, sounds fun. Uh, but then uh, post-war Japan, you know, all the soldiers are headed home. Um, the, the the bombs are dropped. The war is over. Tokyo has been burned to the ground, uh, and and Shikishima's there to. He has to rebuild his life, finding out that all of his family and everyone he knows. Uh, have perished in the Tokyo fires. Uh, meanwhile, Godzilla gets nuked uh, by the... Oh, uh, that never helps. <laughs> yeah, the Pacific <laughs> Island testings, uh, you know, um, at like the... Right the, there. Boom. Yeah, the atolls and stuff like this. And so over a year or two, a couple of years go by, and Godzilla grows and becomes... Nuclear. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, Shikshima... He encounters this woman uh, who has a, a baby. Um, they end up living with him. Uh, they're all three people without families. Uh, you know, the girl was an orphan that was uh, passed off uh, onto this woman. Uh, she lost her family and friends. Uh, he's lost his family and everyone from his little part of Tokyo uh, that knows who he is Um realizes that he should not have come back from the war because they knew he was a kamikaze pilot mm. uh, and that there was that he should not be someone that returned alive uh, but he develops this relationship with this woman and this child um, he's and he's part of this crew that's demining the waters around Japan right okay and enter Godzilla and from that point this movie is sick uh, it's classic Godzilla. You get the Toho Godzilla music. Uh, yeah. 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 You get that. And then like the. Oh, that one. Like you just get That's... all like the Godzilla music. You have people who don't know what this thing is. They're trying to fight him. It's late 40s. Uh, and Godzilla is just on the path to kill everyone. Because not he was like an angry creature that would come from the bottom of the ocean just to wreak havoc on an island once in a while, and the people were like, "Oh yeah, that's Godzilla. You don't you don't mess with Godzilla." But now it's like Godzilla's hundreds of feet tall and is there to destroy everything, and it's so much fun. Hmm. It is like it's a great monster flick. It's a good Godzilla movie. Godzilla is a villain. Uh, you know, in yeah, like uh, somewhere along the way, everybody's like, "No, he's he's such a good guy here to well, save the planet." Yeah, it's because of the sequels and the mm-hmm. cartoon with Godzuki and all that stuff. But Godzuki, the, they try to kill Godzilla. They put they drop mines in its mouth, blow it up. They shoot it with every kind of ammo they have. Like the ships just open with their cannons, and and Godzilla regenerates, and there's nothing they can do. Um, and so the whole movie's hatching plans on how to kill Godzilla, what they can do to kill Godzilla, and and Zilla just coming in and destroying everything. But it's also what Godzilla is supposed to be, which is 
commentary on the nuclear age and and the consequences yes. of war right. and and um, things like survivor's guilt uh, and and PTSD and the horrors of war that are all wrapped into Godzilla and its destruction of uh, this man's life, basically, because Shikshima just keeps finding himself uh, and his loved ones in the pathway of Godzilla, this this unstoppable menace that's mm-hmm. there to do nothing but kill and destroy. Um, but, of course, he, he, like, he befriends, like, scientists and these people, and they're all hatching these ideas. Uh, and, you know, eventually he has to prove himself as um, a, a hero of Japan, the kamikaze he was supposed to be, uh, and stuff like well, that. Don't and spoil like, it. No, I'm not. Uh, in, in, like, a final battle uh, set up with, with Godzilla and stuff. It, it's great. I liked the design of Godzilla. I liked the way that the nuclear breath, when he, when the nuke breath hits something, it is like a nuke going off. I was like, why uh, don't I have our Godzilla out? Yeah, here yeah. we go. Uh, everything about it is Toho Godzilla. It's the way it's supposed to be. Uh, and, and, you know, you watch this and you're like, yes, this is Godzilla. This is the way that Godzilla's supposed to be. Everything I liked when I was growing up. Um, how all the classic movies are, and then you see the trailer for Godzilla X Kong. Thanks, Thanks for the sub. Um, and you're like, this is not what I want Godzilla to be. Um, so it's it's wild that you get to have real Toho Godzilla at the same time that you have the legendary uh, studio uh, doing Godzilla. But that's cool. Everything about this one was fantastic and I, I had a great time uh it is very slow paced if you're not used to like the slower moving uh classic godzilla movies or just movies yeah um but it when when godzilla's on screen it, it's great um well you know, it makes me really sad because you know i have a uh, a godzilla pinball machine on order and it's not here i thought it was going to be here sometime in the next couple of weeks it would have been perfect for right now to just be able to play that and have the movie and you well and in, in the post-war setting you know because original godzilla came out in what early mid 50s right like 54 mm-hmm. or something like that you know and it's it's japan rebuilding in the nuclear age and all that but this one takes place like right right then you know people are still they're still rebuilding tokyo throughout the whole movie and just as tokyo gets rebuilt or like uh the the borough of ginza which is like untouched by the war is wiped off the planet by godzilla um it's good um I, i definitely recommend it um it's if you've never seen classic godzillas if you don't feel like getting on crackle (laughs) Uh, and and watching the old Godzilla movies. Uh, This is a great introduction to the the monster and uh, what those movies are supposed to be. And something you'll realize watching this Toho Godzilla, unlike things like the legendary movies or, you know, the uh, much maligned uh, 2000 Matthew Broderick Godzilla, is that the human characters in this don't suck. Right. Oh, like, oh God. They're actually interesting people and they're not they're they're the focus, but they're not. Because yeah. Godzilla's just as much there as they're supposed to be. But it's not like um the the first legendary one with um 
Scarlet Witch yeah, chick and yeah, and yeah, and yeah. Silver Quicksilver dude. It sucked. No one wanted. They kill Brian Cranston at the beginning, and then they follow Ding Dong and and Dingette, uh, and it's no one wants it. But in this one, the human characters do not annoy you. Yeah, they're you want they're, another story. They're there for a reason. They're there for a purpose. And the whole point of Godzilla is that it's the like embodiment of the war that's haunting this man. Yeah, it's a, it's a you use and that's where good storytelling especially in science fiction and fantasy and, and and horror it's like you use something fantastic to be a reflection of something that we face, you know, and and giving and hopefully giving people a different perspective to maybe change their thoughts and their ideologies. But uh, in uh, Twitch and Facebook, uh, Facebook Patrick Henry said Godzilla is the best movie he's seen all year. Uh, Dina on Twitch says yeah. my favorite film this year as well. So Singing obsessed with prizes. it. Yeah, when yeah. she like when the OG thing comes in, the first time you hear the OG thing because you don't hear it the first time or two you see Godzilla. But when Godzilla comes in and it's like, oh no, there goes Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get the Godzilla theme and it's like you're there and it's exciting and it brings you in. Um, yeah, Dina says the pacing was fine because she was invested in the story. Yeah, uh, it, it's one of those things. Part of that, and I know we've talked about it, silence in scenes, um, open or dead space in scenes. All these are ways to help tell a story and a lot of people don't do that right. Uh, mm-hmm. anymore um so something like this is is done the way it's supposed to all right on well it's in theaters right now in just over 2300 theaters nationwide so if it's in a theater near you you should check it out um i assume because there are some several light uh, like this month is a little light in big releases that it might actually uh get since it is doing pretty well, um, and and for especially for being a foreign language film, uh, it might open up into some more theaters next week. So uh, take a look for your local listings and check that one out. Um, all right. Well, speaking of movies that that people have paid to see, uh, we're going to do the the top ten movie breakdown. That's what we do. The box office reports. The last segment of the show. If you have stuck around with us this long, we thank you. Uh, but we're going to give you the top 10 movies in America, uh, d- domestic totals. We, we'll pepper in some worldwide stuff here mm. and there. But Jake's going to start with number 10, work his <laughs> way down to number one, telling you what you guys spent your money on, which will uh, give us predictions of the future of what we can see in the horizons. Yeah. Uh, so coming in at number 10, uh, the newly, or the one that just had its sequel announced, Thanksgiving, $2.6 million brought in by it. Uh, it only costs like 15, I think is what they yeah, had said. It was, yeah. Uh, three weeks out has brought in $28.3 million. So made plenty of money. They're happy with it because it made like 10.3 its opening week. And oh, they're yeah. like, sequel. Let's oh, do yeah. it. I mean, and yeah. it didn't do a huge worldwide gross because, I mean, Thanksgiving's an American holiday, but uh, but it made some cash because yeah. it's a horror mill movie. It made so. its money back and then doubled it. So, yeah. so it's yeah. like 36 million total so far. Yeah, not bad there. Uh, and then opening at the number nine spot, Silent Night, uh, three million for it. I, I don't think there was enough trailers. It was through. also only in eighteen hundred theaters. Yeah, so uh, fairly limited. Yeah, so uh, that one brought in its three mil. We'll see where that one goes. Also opening lower on the list, The Shift, four point three million dollars brought in by that one. That's one that we talked about last week. It's like Is weird Christian yeah. movie with Neil McDonough being a butthole because he doesn't have to act when he does that 
Uh, <laughs> but he's played some great characters before, but he's he's perfect at being a butthole. Uh, and then opening at well, number... Speak, s- speaking of Neil McDonough, you know that movie that I worked on uh, with Neil McDonough yeah. was like number 10 on Netflix last week. Really? Yeah. Mm. Um, it was. I saw that and I was like... Gah! And... <laughs> Had, had a little PTSD flashback. <laughs> uh, and then another one opening in the top ten, number seven, Animal, the Hindi movie uh, that was released. six, Just under $6.5 million brought in by that one in the U.S. Uh, so not so bad. I, If I have time this week, I still want to see it. I want to see it. But they've been, they've been hitting Netflix pretty quick. Yep. Um, so Because uh, Netflix has that deal with all the uh, Indian studios there. Uh, and then coming in at number six, and it's second week out, dropping from the number two spot. Big dip for Big this dip. one. Napoleon. Uh, 7.27 million for it. Uh, 45.9 in the U.S. It's brought in $137 million across the globe. So, uh, not too bad for that. I know it's not what they want to see, but I th- we've talked about that. It was also done by like Apple Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're just happy to have like a big Ridley Scott movie out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then coming in at the fifth spot, Wish in its second week out, 7.7 brought in by that one, 42 and a quarter million for Disney's new movie. But they also wished it was making more. Yeah, I know they are. Uh, $82 million across the globe for that one. But, you know, like we were saying, Disney's not about just churning money out of movies out there to make money. It's about really good storytelling. That's another one that I, I saw with some small chatter on the internet, but never, like, any trailers for it until, like, two days before it came out. Mm-hmm. Disney was like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, we have a movie coming out. And everyone's like, what? Really? Huh? But, uh, yeah, with the with the... No family offerings coming out this week. Uh, things like that tend to uh, stick around a little bit. Yep. But and holiday, it, it does have some competition from the other family movie that's out. Uh, holding tight at the number four spot, Trolls Band Together, seven point eight million brought in by that one. Seventy five in the U.S. and it's three weeks out. And you know when I was at the movie theater last night, they had a poppy. Uh, the a poppy. Yeah, the tr- the troll, the main girl troll. Is her um, name Poppy? Yeah, her name's Poppy. Okay. Uh, played by uh, Anna Kendrick, Anna Kendrick's character. Uh, so that was one of the eight collectibles up on the concession stand with the Beyonce tub uh, and the two or three other little toy things uh, that they had going on. I see. Yeah. So that's out there if you, if you want that to go with your popcorn. Uh, but then another... Opening in the top 10, Godzilla minus one, yep. $11.4 million in the third spot. Uh, not bad for that, like you said, being a Japanese language film. Uh, 34.5 brought in by Across the Globe. And I'm pretty sure that I saw that its uh, budget was also $15 million. Yeah, I don't Which, think it, I don't, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I know it wasn't a lot for a movie of that caliber for how good Godzilla looked and some of the special effects and stuff. Not bad. As Dina pointed out on Twitch just now in the comments, she says Godzilla is the most successful live action Japanese feature in America ever. The per theater average is higher than hunger games, which is true. Um, the per theater average, it would have put it in the number two spot if, uh, if you were going by that. Oh, the budget was five million, according to uh, Dina. I don't know if that exclamation that, that has to be fifteen. Yeah. I think it's supposed like, to be fifteen. I was like, "Whoa, yeah. there's no, there's no way." Which is crazy that you can get that good of a movie from that low of a budget. Uh, the the special effects, you're not going to look at it and be like, 
oh, that Navy ship looks like garbage, or those tanks look like trash, or this town looks like crap, or Godzilla looks god-awful. It all looked... There was I had no negative critique on how anything looked in the movie. They made the most That's awesome. out of that $15 million. Uh, and then at the number two spot, dropping from the top spot, Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, $14 million brought in by that one, $20 million in the U- uh, $120 million in the U.S., uh, $243 across the globe. That's one of those where no one expected it to make anything uh, and I think just, just like I feel like people were just like, well, you know, I'll see it. I'm, it's well, that Snow games. White chick didn't help because uh, she's trying to tank all, everything that she's in, right? Uh, yeah. Whatever her name is, uh, Rachel. Yes, Zell. That one. Yeah. Uh, but coming in, opening at the top spot, another pop star movie, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce. Not quite the Taylor Swift opening. That I think maybe Beyonce was hoping for, but it did yeah. take the number one spot and yeah, showing nearly again. twenty-two million dollars. The next real movie down was seven million, almost eight million less yeah. than that. Um, it's crazy that Beyonce's like movie, and everyone's like, "Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, here's twenty-two million dollars." We're gonna start seeing so many of those, man. It's like. You know, and it's it's funny because like the, the Spice Girls, they were just like, well, let's make a movie. When they could have just did a concert, they went through all the problems and yeah. troubles of trying to make a narrative. When all they had to do was spice up the life on stage. Yeah, well, that's like I feel like this is like the uh, where it's gone from. They're like, oh, biopics about a band, um, but we're gonna lie about everything, you know. So you have like the uh, the Queen one, mm-hmm. what well, Bohemian Rhapsody, right? And, and, and Rocket then, Man, and, yeah, you know, and then and then you Elvis. have uh, movies like um, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, soundtrack the movie, right? So you have these movies that no one really cares about the movie. They don't care if you lie to them about what really happened. The only thing they're there for is they want to listen to music, which they could do on the radio without going to a movie theater. So Taylor Swift and and this, they're just like. Well, what if we give them the music? Because no one cares about the movie. So they can go with their friends and, you know. Yeah. Go, Turns out it makes all the money. Why, why did Prince put so much work into into the story of Purple Rain and making a good movie? He should have just washed those troubles away in the waters of Lake Minnetonka and yeah. just played music on stage. Just do that. Yeah. And, but, but also still have more stay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah more stay is the best. Gotta have more. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gotta have more stake. So, yeah, I guess, you know, um, pop star ladies just making all the big money at the at the box, the box office. office. Well, all right, guys. Well, that's the box office, and that's the show. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever it is you get your podcasts from. Uh, if you want to check out the live version of this and kind of understand what all this comments we've been talking about or, or view them or even participate in your own, you can uh, watch us every week, Monday nights, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube. Uh, I was going to point out one thing before we leave. Uh, Dina pointed out that Yamazaki made his career on uh, special effects. Yeah, The guy that did Godzilla Minus One at the end of it, which is a pretty incredible credit to have, uh, directed, written, and special effects by... That's kind of dope. Yeah. <clears throat> that is pretty dope. 
All right, guys. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, we'll probably watch some movies, and we'll probably talk about them with you. So if you want to jump in the Discord, it's there somewhere in the comments and on our descriptions of our channels. You can find it. It's it's our Discord. Uh, I don't have the, the, the link handy, but you can find it. And we will see you guys next week. See you. Ta-da. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.